guys, it's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy, part of the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. We are continuing on our breakouts and busts and players to watch. Currently in the NFC South, we're going to continue to go down the list. As I said already, the NFC South is what we're doing tonight. Got ahead of myself a little bit. Excited about some of these guys we're going to talk about. Did take a couple risks, and I will be honest about that, but looking at what we got going on, I feel good about having a few of these guys to keep an eye on, and that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the uh, the Buccaneers. Now, they had a lot of turnover this offseason, a.k.a. Tom Brady decided to retire, and that's enough to make your team go from contender to pretender really, really fast. The other thing you can do is bring in Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. They hit it out of the park and got two for two on this wonderful situation. So what's that mean? It means that defense probably going to be a little bit more valuable this year because they're going to be on the field a little more often. That gives me, as my breakout candidate, Defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi. Rookie defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi. I know. I know. It's a rookie. It's a D-tackle. I mean, what are you really going to get out of this guy? Came out of Pittsburgh. Undersized. Shorter arms. But he's strong and explosive, and he's got a phenomenal motor on him. A motor that I could compare to Aiden Hutchinson from last year. He just does not quit. And it, Okay, so in the comparison is the Aaron Donald clone. I'm not going to shy away from that being a, a point of contention. He's not Aaron Donald, first and foremost. He's not. No one is Aaron Donald. He's an Aaron Donald clone because he went to Pittsburgh and his height and weight is very comparable. Also, they felt like he probably is undersized, and but Aaron Donald was the same way, but they also drafted Aaron Donald a lot higher. He was a better prospect coming out. Not to take anything away from Cansey. I think he's very good. And he will be their pass rush specialist. He will be the guy at D-tackle that gets sacks. Let's be honest. The Bucks swung and missed on Logan Hall at this point in his career. They've got Vita Vea, who is just a space eater. And then so you put Cansey... You know, next to him now because he want Cansey to be what Logan Hall has not been, which is just a force in the middle to get pressure on the quarterback up the middle, just pushing that pile back. So what does this mean? Okay, breakout year for a D tackle. What does that mean? Well, first off, if you play defensive lineman, he's not a guy that I would be starting. If you play positionally with defensive tackles, that's where I'm interested in him at. I expect a five-sack rookie year and a solid amount of tackles to go with it. 35 to 45 tackles for Kansi as a rookie. Is that world-beating numbers? No, but as far as a D-tackle, it's really going to be solid. You're going to get him. You're going to be able to play him. And you're going to feel good about yourself in Dynasty Futures if you have him. Once again, not world-beating as a defensive tackle. But a DT2 as a rookie, I'll take it. And like I said, not as high if you have a D-line only league. If it's Dynasty, still willing to take the risk on him later rounds rookie draft. But Kalijah Kansi is my breakout character 
breakout player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, my bust is probably not a big surprise on this one. It's linebacker Shaquille Barrett. 30 years old and coming off a torn Achilles is never a good combo, period. And when you're a pass rusher that needs to be able to get a little bit off the edge, you need to have some explosiveness. If you need to be in coverage, you need to have some explosiveness. You need to hit the hole because you see where the where it's opening up for the run game. You have to be able to push off that back foot plant and go forward, drive forward. That is all Achilles. Barrett's been a great player for his entire career, but the Achilles is too much with the explosiveness, and I'm just, he just won't have it this year. On top of that, I don't think anybody out there feels like Tampa Bay is going to be setting the world on fire. My opinion is that Tampa Bay will be rebuilding this year, and what are they going to do in rebuilding? They're going to start seeing what they have with Joe Tryon and Yaya Diable from Louisville, rookie. They will be out of contention by midseason, in my opinion, with Baker and Trask manning the quarterback room and a 30-year-old linebacker is just not going to perform even if he's having a good season at that point in time he'll either be traded or benched to let the young talent get their trials in so Shaquille Barrett is my bust this year once again I don't think that one's a surprise but he had relative numbers last year and I don't want you guys getting sucked in to somebody who if you just look at the points per game you feel good about it because there's more to this story and he's not the guy that I want. My player to watch is a guy I already talked about, Yaya Diable from Louisville. He's a rookie, and he's an interesting prospect. He's a super talented athlete, ran a 4-5-40 at the Combine. Concern with it is he didn't put together the sack mastery until his last year at Louisville. He's also coming in at, coming out as a 23-year-old rookie. So he'll need to produce early in order to maintain a role on a defense. The good news is, though, he has great veteran leadership in, the, in his position on this team. So I've tagged him as a player that I'm keeping an eye on. I'm not saying you're going to be drafting him and redraft. No way. Dynasty, super late. But he's... Third round value, same value as Trenton Simpson, same value as Drew Sanders. He's a guy that I am very, very interested in to see how he performs. And again, I think later in the season, you're going to get an opportunity, if you don't early, to see how he plays and understand if he's going to be somebody for the future. But at this point in time, I just want to keep an eye on him and see where he is in the rotation Snap percentages, all that jazz. Moving on, we're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints. Breakout player, defensive end Carl Granderson. Goodbye, Marcus Davenport. Hello, Mr. Granderson. Carl had a great back half of 2022, probably the reason that they were okay with letting Marcus Davenport walk, who in my eyes... Never really lived up to his draft capital, especially if you look back at what the Saints gave up for him because they also traded up into the draft. 
Ugh, not not what they expected. But Granderson last year only played 46% of snaps. And in the back half of the year, he did get a little bit more playing time. More than 50, less than 70, depending on the game. And he he had five sacks, 37 tackles in the last eight games. It's a great back half of the season. If you're talking about a defensive end that's going to get you 74 tackles and 10 sacks, sign me up and sign me up in a heartbeat. That tackle number is fantastic. But I feel like Granderson is very much under the radar going into this year. He will be a weak winner in 2023. And I think that if you don't get on the wagon now, you're going to miss out. But Carl Granderson, defensive end for the New Orleans Saints, is my breakout player. Now, my bus player is a little bit unique on this one. It's a linebacker, not named Demario Davis, not named Pete Werner. It's Zach Bond. And this is why I think that that needs to be spoken about. Caden Ellis is gone. He went on to Atlanta. And the hope is that Bond steps into the Caden Ellis role. But what is the Caden Ellis role, per se? Well, Caden Ellis, was his role was a backup, playing at best 30% of snaps a week. Ellis didn't break out until Pete Werner got hurt. And I'm not in the business of predict, projecting injuries. And so Bonton, to me, is a bench clogger in most leagues. And I he's going to need something to happen in order to be valuable. Now, that being said, he might be a great stash for the year, you know, like one-year dynasty hold, assuming that Demario Davis retires after this year. But you don't pick that guy up now. You don't pick that guy up in week four. You pick him up right before the playoffs or whenever they might limit your transactions and hold. Even then, it's still a long hold for a mediocre reward at linebacker at this point in time. I don't see what... So don't see what isn't there and leave Bond alone. Pay attention to what the depth chart looks like during the season. But don't expect Zach Bond's going to be some secret weapon like Caden Ellis was at the end of the year for you. It's not. It's just not going to work. So my player to watch kind of plays off of that. And it's Anthony Orgy, linebacker. Now this is a way deep flyer. Sure, I get it. But he was the tackle leader at Vanderbilt for three years. He was undrafted. And I get it. That makes it extremely nerve-wracking. Anybody that was on the Jack Sanborn trade last year and was excited, just got crushed during the the offseason, like myself, brutal, honestly, just the way that they buried him on the depth chart. But undrafted is a concern, but it's worth keeping an eye on. We need to see where he ends up on the depth chart. I'm hopeful that he makes the roster, so I get it. This is, once again, a way deep flyer. 
But if he can beat out some of these guys for a backup role in year one, work his way through during the season, and if it's the case, keep tabs on him and hope that his value at the end of the season so that you can get him before he takes over for Demario Davis at that point. I'm very curious to see how the backups play out for the Saints because there's an opportunity to grab a very strong linebacker going into next season depending how the chips fall. That being said, they could end up just drafting another guy. I don't know, but I'll take the risk at the end of the year and then you know drop anchor if it ends up not working out. But you have to be in the game to win the game. So that moves us on to the Falcons. Just talked about them. Breakout player, linebacker, Caden Ellis. He's going to Atlanta, got paid significant money. He followed his defensive coordinator from the Saints to Atlanta. Atlanta has a tackle-friendly stat book. They love giving out assisted tackles. They love those participation trophies for tackling. I'm good with it as long as they're, it's helping me out. I expect 140 tackle season from Caden Ellis. Just plain and simple. Not really even concerned about some of the extra bonus, you know, big plays. His baseline is going to be consistent and solid. You're going to be happy to have him. I think he will lead the team in tackles over Troy Anderson, over Mikael Walker. He is going to be the linebacker to have on this team. My bus player is Mikael Walker. He lost his role to Ellison Anderson, in my opinion. He's, he's been a tackle hoss, and now he's going to be a bench warmer. In my opinion, you need to trade him while the roles are still unsure. His contract says he won't be their guy. It's like a million dollars on the book. But someone might trade for him looking at last year's stats. This is the kind of guy that you take advantage of your IDP knowledge and listening to IDP podcasts and knowing what is actually going on to cut bait and get something for nothing when you trade a guy like Mikel Walker before the season starts and before they realize that they just got themselves a backup. Throw him in as a little bit of a boost to get you a trade over. Offer a late-round draft pick. Oh, I'm getting tired just talking about him. Do something that's going to get him off your team and get you some value while you can. Moving on to my player to watch. A new player to Atlanta, but it's not a rookie. It is former third overall pick, Jeff Okuda. Cornerback, formerly of the Detroit Lions, now of the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons traded for him during the offseason. Albia didn't give up much, but the money that they're still paying him is enough to take notice. He's going to be playing across from A.J. Terrell. Terrell is a lockdown corner, period. He is one of the best in the league, and honestly, when all these people throw out their, their top five and he's left off of it, it's a, it's a sham. Because he's not been on a good team, it's just BS that he gets ignored. He is a stud. And when you have a lockdown corner, 
They won't try him much, which means Jeff Akuda is going to be the guy for IDP. He will get tested and thrown at and should have a solid IDP season if he can stay healthy, which has been an issue with him. I get it. But in my eyes, he is worth a preseason pickup to see how the first couple weeks pan out. I think you could get a diamond in the rough, IDP speaking, for this season by picking up Jeff Akuda, cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the last team we're going to talk about tonight is the Carolina Panthers. A lot of changes for this team. A lot. New coaching staff. New quarterback. Not as good wide receiving core. New running back. What does this mean for this team? I think they're going to be better than people are expecting. I think they'll be competitive. Let me, let me say that. Maybe not better, but I think they'll be competitive in a lot of games. Now, my breakout player for this defense is defensive end Brian Burns. But Seth, he had like 12 and a half sacks last year. How's he going to break out from that? Simple. 15-plus sack seasons on the docket for this year. 15-sack season or more is going to be Brian Burns this year. He is my number two defensive end this year in fantasy. I know that's not where people are at with him. That's fine. This is what I'm predicting. And I think it's just like Max Crosby last year, the stars are aligning for him this season. He's always had the talent. He's always getting the hurries. He's getting the QB pressures, but he just hasn't gotten all the way there. 12 and a half sacks, don't get me wrong. Great season. He can do more. He can absolutely do more. He also needs to be on a team that is in competitive game scripts. At least be competitive in games to let him rush the passer and not just run the ball out the rest of the game. It's just felt like he just hasn't gone over the top to be the elite option for fantasy yet in his career. In my opinion, this is the season that he will become the guy. So I'm saying 15 or more sacks, 75 tackles for Burns this year. Now my bus candidate is a guy that I've been a big fan of since he busted down the doors rookie year. This is safety Jeremy Chen. Since his rookie year, he's dropped and dropped in points per game. Last year he also missed six games but was just... He was just a guy when he played, and what I mean by that is no big plays, no exciting week-winning stat lines. He didn't kill you, but he didn't blow the doors off. You know, He didn't have you that week-winning performance ever. On top of that, they bring in Vaughn Bell and now have three safeties, legitimate safeties that can play. Besides the fact that they also brought in Eric Rowe, who has been very good for the Miami Dolphins in the last four years at safety, covering tight ends. He's been one of the best graded tight end coverage safety slash cornerbacks in the last four years. I'm concerned on how Jeremy Chen will be used in this new scheme. What will it look like? Is he going to play a nickel linebacker role all season? If so, 
great. I feel a lot better about him. But right now, new coaching regime, which means a new defensive scheme, and there's too many other great safeties out there in much more comfortable positions. So I am OUT out on Jeremy Chin this season because there's too much uncertainty on how it's going to pan out. Now that leaves us with the player to watch. And this is a guy I really like. And it's Frankie Lupu, linebacker. This dude exploded onto the scene last year, like almost tripling his previous year tackle numbers. And having as many sacks last year as he had had in the four years combined before that. If you grabbed him off the free agent line last year, what a find. Might have won you a championship. Definitely helped you get to the playoffs. But that is where his stat line might stay last season. I'm on the fence with this dude. That's why he's in my players to watch. Great season last year. But it was also driven by seven sacks for a linebacker. Also had a pick six. But he only had 111 total tackles. Red flag. Baseline is scary. Baseline's real scary. Consistent tackle numbers are key to sustained success as a linebacker. And Frankie might relax this season. I'm concerned. In my opinion... If he was on any of my teams, I'd be trading him away while the hype is high. I don't see a repeat happening. But he is in the players to watch because maybe, just maybe, he defied the odds and he had a late career breakout and will stick around for years to come. But it's the same with Jeremy Chen. The new scheme comes to town, and where Frankie had success is no more. So what risk are you willing to take with this guy next year, this coming year? Because if he doesn't perform, you're getting nothing. Nothing for this dude. But if he does... It probably won't even be close to what he had last year. So you need to think about that. Think about future planning. Think about how your dynasty team is going to look. And if it's redraft, let somebody else take the risk. Grab a different linebacker in a safer situation. Grab a guy that you know has no competition around him. Grab a guy that's playing the same scheme he did last year. Wait 15 rounds and grab a guy that is just going to hopefully explode onto the scene. 15 rounds is aggressive, obviously. But if it was up to me and you're talking about a Frankie Louvu or five rounds, four rounds later and N'Kobe Dean, I'm taking N'Kobe 100 out of 100. It's not even a question. If they were the same round, I'd still probably take N'Kobe Dean. So just understand what needs to happen for Frankie to be successful this year and truly ask yourself if it's plausible that a guy that never had more 
then two sacks a season can magically have seven and then not have regression the year after. And if he has regression on the sacks, he's going to have to get more tackles, which, by the way, he also tripled his tackle numbers. Regression is a fickle beast, but it's coming for Frankie Louvu. So that's it. That is the NFC South for you. We've got one more NFC division to go next week, and then we will be on to the AFC. We are getting so close to the flip of a coin, the kickoff, which now has new stupid rules, but more importantly, football being back. I'm ready for preseason. I'll take it. I'll take whatever at this point in time. Let's get it going. But pay attention to some of those preseason games. Watch the game. Don't look at the stat book. Stat book will skew you on who's actually relevant and playing because obviously they're playing the backups. But it is important to at least catch some glimpses of these guys on the field. little eye test for you. Because at the end of the day, your offense will be flashy, but your defense wins fantasy. We'll see you guys next week.